I tried chasing success in business, in dating women. I tried to be a good person through it all. And when I got cancer, it all meant nothing until I had an encounter with Almighty God. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about the meaning of life and the purpose of trying to be a good person in your life. Now, everyone you may talk to, if asked, they would say life is very much about being a good person. Being a good person should equivalent to living a very good life. But sometimes things can happen. We can come to a crossroads. Bad things happen to us and we can wonder, what is the purpose of being good? Is it really fulfilling? In our last show, we had Chuck Keels on our show share about his life. He had a great upbringing, had a Christian home, safe, healthy, but he himself never really leaned into his family faith. He was never really taught about Jesus being the Lord. So he lived more on his own without any need for religious connection at all. He talked about how he was seeking fulfillment and success And he got that success in business. He told us about how he got married, but then it fell apart. Some heavy drinking that happened with his wife, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. He told us of his wild experiences after that, going from date to date, but never finding fulfillment, only finding more emptiness. Then he got a cancer diagnosis that shook him so much that he began to wonder why he was always living a good life and what the purpose of his life really was, and that it was too early that there is so much more left to be done. Today, he's going to tell us how he had an encounter with God that became his answer to so much in his life. Chuck, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Chuck, I mean, it really is good to have you because I think your story puts a lot of things into perspective for a lot of us. So, let's go back to what happened to you right before you were diagnosed. Like, what started happening to your body that signified that something was wrong? I've always been in tune with my body. I've always been an athlete. I was a gym guy my entire life. I just loved any kind of adventure or challenge. Mm. So I was pretty in tune with my body. And I started noticing I was getting tired easier earlier in the day. I started having aches and pains. Mm. And I have something that I call the male mentality. I'll be okay tomorrow. You know, you put it off. I'll be okay tomorrow. Yeah. And the next day, it was worse. Wow. And so... Basically, as I watched my body start to shrink down and go into pain and and even lost some hair, I finally realized I was to a point where I needed to go to a hospital and get checked out. Oh my gosh. So when you got this cancer diagnosis, how did you feel about God then? I mean, did it feel like you were getting some sort of judgment? I mean, I understand you're pretty afraid to die at that point. I would have to say, even though I grew up in a Christian home, I didn't really have a relationship with God. Right. So my thoughts were more like well, a lot of people, I've got two boys I'm raising at home. It's too early for me to go. Right. You were more like, what the heck? Like, I need to survive for my boys. It threw you into survival mentality at that point, it sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see. I understand, though, you did have an encounter with God. How did that go about? Because you weren't even seeking God at this time. It's kind of interesting because I wasn't. And this diagnosis, 
just to let everybody know, I was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. Oh my gosh. And it got into my lymph nodes and bone marrow. When it starts leaving the area that it started and running around your body, they call it stage four. Wow. And there's not a lot of stage four people running around this planet. They're right. not here anymore. Jeez. And basically I was even put in hospice. So hospice nurses were at my house. And they said, according to this diagnosis, there's nothing else the medical industry can do at this point. Oh, Go gosh. home and be at peace with your family. Wow. So I've got two hospice nurses on my couch in tears. And so basically, I'm thinking I need to get my boys to Ohio to my family so they can take care of them because I'm not going to be around much longer. Oh, and gosh. so that's what we did. We planned a trip out of Phoenix, Arizona into Columbus, Ohio this week. And the day we were supposed to leave, I suffer a broken back, a compression fracture. Oh, my gosh. Sends me into an emergency room in another hospital in Central Phoenix. And basically there, they just ran their test and they said, we at least want to fight this. You know, we want to stop your testosterone and the feeding of the cancer. Mm. We want to put a port in your chest, which is a little thing that carries chemo into your body. So if we can stop feeding the cancer, start killing the cancer, you have a chance Interesting. So I said, let's go. Fight's a fight, right? Yeah. So I went into two surgeries, back-to-back surgeries, and two and a half hours later, I'm laying flat on my back in the recovery room. And as I'm talking to the docs about the surgeries and the nurses are saying my family's upstairs waiting for me, the room turns weird cold for no reason at all. (laughs) And I'm laying there like, what is going on? And I look down towards the doors to see if somebody just left the doors open and the cold air came in. And when I look down, the doors are shut. So I'm totally confused, and I start to pan back to my left. And as I do, I get over my left shoulder. Somebody's standing there. And I see a brown robe, a white scarf, kind of a shadow of a beard and a face. And I'm thinking it's a doctor, it's a nurse, it might be a janitor. And the person, the right foot steps out. They reach out and physically touch me on the shoulder. I look up again, and he's gone. And in my head, I hear... You were in the presence of Jesus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm flipping out. So like you knew in that moment, you're like, wait a minute, like who? Jesus? Yes. But why me? Just an average guy. Why me? What was that and why me? Wow. But then something happened. So like, I understand that you got some type of healing through that moment. Right. At that moment, I didn't know what it meant. A few hours later, I would take into my room in the hospital to recover from the surgeries. Wow. The nurses come in to give me all my meds you know, bone strengtheners and steroids. And they got to the pain meds and they said, your pain meds are as needed. So on a scale from one to 10, how bad your pain right now? And you're talking about a guy that just had surgery right. the day before, suffered a compression fracture or a broken back and had cancer throughout my body. So I was on some pretty crazy pain meds. Right. They said, how bad your pain from one to 10? And I sat up in the bed and I look at him and I say, I don't feel any pain. Wow. And they're like, order something. You just broke your back and had surgery. I said, I don't even like taking aspirin. I'm not going to order a drug if I don't need it. So from May 26 of 2015, I actually never touched another pain med. The pain was completely gone. And then I knew something was up. Something's going on here. Whoa. So a miracle happened. So at this point, you're like seeking for Jesus. Now you know that you got some type of healing. And I understand that you did eventually accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes. Wasn't much longer after that experience. That night in the hospital bed, I'm looking at the ceiling and I'm like, what is going on here? I can't even believe I'm not having any pain. I can't believe 
I could stand up and walk to the bathroom after having a broken back. The nurses and the people in the hospital were like, what are you doing up? And so I'm laying in bed and I just look at the ceiling. I said, hey, God, what gives? Is this a short journey or long journey? And I hear a voice and he says, as long as you're alive, be fully alive. And I'm like, wow, you know, I needed that. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm stressing about my kids being at home and I'm going through this journey and them maybe continuing life in the high school age, going through the rest of their life with no dad. And I hear this voice that says, as long as you're alive, be fully alive. And then I promised God at that moment, not only do I surrender to you completely, I'm going to let you orchestrate my life. And a lot of people say that or might think it, I did it. I mean, I wouldn't turn right in my car unless I said a little prayer and said, hey, God, which direction should I go today? And I'm not kidding you. I started putting it to the test. So you're basically in this moment surrendering moment by moment because when you got that cancer diagnosis, it's almost like it threw you into this crazy, dark confusion. And then now you actually are having a guide walk you through out of that. Now, after this moment here, I understand God even told you to stop dating and to wait for your wife. Which is weird because you're like dating all over the place, you know, right before this. Yes. And how old are you when you're getting this? 50 years old. You're 50 years old, not married. Yep. And now the Lord's telling you, like, wait for your wife. So it's kind of like, huh? Right. And also with a terminal illness. Right. But there was a lot of other stuff going on too, because I realized I had a miraculous healing. Wow. I was starting to coach cancer people because I knew that's where my passion was leading me. I knew that I went through this experience for a reason. And there's a lot of confused and depressed people out there that heard the word cancer. So I felt like that was my calling. Chuck, let's stop there because I want to have you on our show again to talk a little bit about what this really looks like. Because you are a person who always relied on your own intuition. Now you're leaning into God and he's starting to guide you. And I understand your life completely changed, your vision completely changed, and your passion really increased. And I think there's a lot of people want to listen about that. So Chuck, I'm looking forward to have you on our next show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hang on. The show isn't over yet. Let's talk more about these deeper things of life right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Now, I know some are hearing this and you're wondering how all of this works. How does a guy who had everything, lost everything, and tells us that none of it really meant anything... And then suddenly he has Jesus and it means everything. (laughs) You're probably wondering if this is some type of fake propaganda to make you more religious. Well, it's not. Look closely. This is a true testament of what ancient scriptures have been talking about for thousands of years. 
True meaning and fulfillment is not found in money, acceptance, or anything in this world. It's found in fulfilling your soul. Okay, so how do you fulfill your soul? First, let's look here in Proverbs 27, 20. It's written, hell and destruction are never full. And so the eyes of man are never satisfied. So nothing in this earth can truly ever satisfy us. It's like this bottomless pit. But it's written in Matthew chapter 16, 25 through 26. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the kingdom of God is telling us to attain fulfillment is to empty you of yourself, of your own desires, and rather follow Jesus, the person of Jesus. That's the mystery. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person who's chasing after the carrot and can never catch it and is never feeling fulfilled. Jesus, I'm praying right now, we receive you, Lord Jesus, and we're asking you to show us the true meaning of fulfillment in our lives. We surrender what we think that should be, and we ask for you, Lord Jesus, to teach us and to come into our lives. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.